You're listening to Tarot Visions. You lucky devil. Jamie. Hey Rose, what's up? Well, I decided that it was time to catalog my decks. Ooh, that's an undertaking. Yeah, it is. It is. <laughs> it is. And then I realized I have all kinds of decks. Mm-hmm. Not just tarot decks, not just Lenormand decks, not just Oracle decks. Wait. But tons. What? Okay. I was just gonna say there's more than tarot, Lenormand, and Oracle. But that's kind of beside yes. the point. Right? Yes, there okay. is. But yeah. But the point is is that I realized that I'm addicted to decks. I hear ya. And then I realized I have friends mm-hmm. who create decks, which makes it even harder not to have more decks. I know. You know that I've got a couple of ideas for some decks myself. I mean, I've done the one and it was fun. Sure. I want to do mm-hmm. more. I really want to do more. It's it's kind of addicting. It's a, it, it's a calling, right? It is. It's 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 crazy how cool and fun it can be. And then I thought, well, if we have this this plethora of of, of need and want, then maybe maybe we need to talk to someone who can feed this addiction, because they are prolific at making decks. True. Ooh. And I started rubbing my hands together, and went, who, who could we interview? Who is very prolific? Good question. Uh, not Mary Kay Greer, because she's only, you know, done a, a couple of things. But she does books. She, yeah, she's, she's, she's prolific, prolific in, in writing. That. Yeah. So we'll have to do that. That'll be later. Gotcha. But I'm thinking decks. And, I, hmm. and, then, and then I realized it's getting closer and closer to the moon, to the full moon. Yes. And then I went. And the eclipse, even. The eclipse. That's true. And, and, and then I thought, wait a minute. There is an Etsy store I know. And then I went and looked, and yes, it's there, and they're mm-hmm. fish. And then I thought, wait a minute, I know, th- I know this person in real life, even. So I wanted to know if we could um, possibly swim up the uh, shores to go to to Koi Moon and the Etsy shop of of our friend and loved one, dear Miss Cynthia Fisher. What do you think? That sounds brilliant, considering it's so freaking hot here in Portland. I am game for an upstream swim. Well, then let's dive in and see if she's available. Alrighty, let's get the water wings ready. Oop, here we go. Cindy! Cynthia! Oh, there she is! Cindy! Hi. Hello! Hi, everyone. Shake off, let's dry off a little bit here. (sighs) Oh, greetings! How are you tonight? Uh, very well, but it's hot. How are you? I'm overheated myself, so I completely understand. <laughs> the swim helped cool me down a little bit, so that was kind of nice. Nice. Yep. Well, since since we know that you are a prolific creator, creatrix, what do you prefer? Uh, creatrix. Okay. Um, I wanted to start out with, you know, asking you some questions about, well, how did you get started and things like that. But let's start with... Do you recall what was the first tarot deck you owned? The Osho Zen tarot. And what drew you to that one? Well, um, I'm from Utah, and it's 
super religious there. And I was interested in getting a tarot deck. Um, and I wanted one that I could, you know, learn and use around my friends. It wouldn't freak them out too much. So I went with the ocean sand because it's not traditional tarot. I mean, mm-hmm. the, the imagery's a lot softer. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I tracked one down and that's where I started. That's awesome. That's an auspicious deck because it's it's not your st- like you said it's not the standard tarot stuff, and it really does take dedication and time to study into it. So that's really neat to know that you use that as your first one. Yeah, I really, I, it's really beautiful, very spiritual. I, I agree. Like it. I still have it. I like it. <laughs> do you still read with it? I do. I don't use it for my primary deck, but sometimes I just really need to kind of zen out and so I'll dig it out and. <laughs> Sounds perfect. Zen deck for a Zen, you know, Zen mood. <laughs> um. So when did you decide to start making decks? Well, um, I've been doing tarot for a long time, and I found out about uh, Lanermon decks. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to learn how to read them, uh, but I couldn't find any that I liked. Um, but actually, it was really just hard to find any at all. Uh, there were probably two or three out there. And I was really excited about the whole idea of Lanermond, so I just, um, since I'm an artist, I just cut some cardstock, grabbed the markers, and drew myself a deck. So that was really my first deck, was hand-drawn. And um, after I did that, and I learned on it for a little while, then I thought, huh, I think I'd like to do a digital So I did that, and then it just sort of kind of rolled from there, and... Once you start making them, it's just they pop into your head. A lot of times I'll dream of art, and then I have to get up and make it. And sometimes I just will dream of some style of deck that I want to make. And so when I wake up, I just sketch it up and get started. I love it. I The fact that you've done both hand-drawn art decks to start with and then gone digitally shows a, a wide creativity. So that's great. <laughs> yeah, I, I I, I've been privileged to be able to see how some of these decks have gone from being the hand-drawn and then also the influence of your digital artwork. Um, so how would you say, though, that your your love of the of the tarot influenced the fact that you decided to kind of put it aside and jump into Lenormand? I don't know. I just have a... My mind needs to stay busy with things. And I, I love tarot, and there's so much of it, and the imagery is fantastic, and there's so many different styles... And um, I wanted to do a deck, but 78 cards was a little daunting to start me out. So, mm-hmm. And I, I had just heard about the Lanermon deck. And, you know, something different and new. So I just wanted to check it out. And it only had 36 cards. <laughs> so that seemed like it would be a little bit easier to start me out. And I thought, well, if I can get through this, then I can definitely get through a tarot deck. So. So you kind of went the opposite. I mean, you started with a tarot background to begin with, and then you decided to jump into the Lenormand world to start creating cards. But you have gone back. I mean, on your Etsy store, you do have, I think, at least one tarot deck on there for sale. So Uh, you actually went back and did some tarot art, did you not? Yes. I have, well, two complete tarot decks, and then I have a majors only. Awesome. Yeah, so, yeah, once I kind of got my feet wet with the Laner Mond, then I decided that um, I'd, I'd give a tarot deck a try. So. <laughs> I think that's fantastic. How long does it take you to do either a, a Laner Mond deck or a tarot deck? Because you've done both, and 
there are obviously different cards and and um, systems to develop. So how long do you think it takes you to do um, both systems? Well, um, if I just sit down and I'm going to do it from now until I'm done, I don't hardly do anything else. Um, I'd say I can do a Lenormand in probably a week or less. Mm-hmm. Um, but a tarot deck is a lot more involved. And um, I'd say at, at least two weeks to get it to where I want it to be. Because I usually come up with a theme first. Um, okay. A color scheme or some idea of how mm-hmm. I want it to be. And then I kind of work through it that way. Usually do the majors first and then move on to the, the court cards and the pip cards. And uh, with Lanermond, you know, it's just, it's 36 cards. They're all, <laughs> you come up with a background and a frame and something that you like. And then you uh, create your images accordingly. Mm-hmm. So though, but but you have added to your Lenormand deck. You've added a couple of extra cards to it. So what inspired those extra additions? Well, um, I think that you know tarot is pretty complete. Um, mm-hmm. With with the Lenormand, I just felt like some cards were missing. <laughs> I mean, every good deck needs a cat, right? <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I agree to that. Yeah, and um, the lovers. Because with the heart, it represents love. Mm-hmm. But I see that it can be friendship kind of love or loving the family. But lovers, there's no question about it. So if right. someone asks you about, you know, a love situation and the lovers comes up, well, then it's answering that more clearly in my mind. And then I thought, you know, you, you get a 54-card deck, so you might as well play with it a little bit. <laughs> Add some All extra right. ones there, you know. Well, yeah, and it's also fun to kind of customize. So, like, you know, for us as readers, if you're using your deck, we can, if you have um, different style um, um, men cards or ladies cards, you can always pull, you know, your particular mood in and out. So that's always kind of fun to see the bonus cards show up and stuff. Yeah, I like to have an extra male and female because sometimes, you know, oddly you get questions like, should I date this guy or this guy? So I just mm-hmm. say, well, just take out one of the women's cards and leave both the men inside for two, and then she mm-hmm. up. You know, mm-hmm. and the answer is very clear. So I have um, a follow-up question. How do you decide your themes? Because you have so many decks. What I'm amazed when Rose shows me your decks is that they're all unique. It's like each one it could almost be from a different artist. So how do you decide what theme to play with? And then, as you said, you develop a color scheme and whatnot. So can you tell us a little bit about your process? Sure. Um, the The first one I did, I just used um, images from a lot of the digital art that I've created. And um, it has kind of that digital art feel. And, and I got that deck out there a little bit. And people, you know, I kind of listen to what people say and their opinions, what sort of things they like. And I heard a lot of people that like really um, sort of Victorian style decks, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. that, that imagery. So then I did Tea Time Later Mond, which is very much like that. And mm-hmm. uh, then, uh, you know, I, sometimes I just will just be goofing around on the computer, creating backgrounds or picture frames or whatever. And I'll come across something. I go, huh. Well, that would make a cool, <laughs> a cool deck. So just kind mm-hmm. of flesh it out a little bit and you know, figure it out as I go. So. Awesome. Do you keep a list of ideas? Like now that I've done like, you know, these, these things, do I have like, Oh, what's the next thing on the list? Um, I, 
I do. I, I make myself a lot of little notes and sometimes they get <laughs> lost or, you know, I have notebooks, keep notebooks and I'll put them aside and then I'll be bored or looking for some sort of inspiration and I'll get out one of my old notebooks and I'm like, oh, hey, I forgot all about that. I was going to do this, you know, like this. And so then I sit down and do it usually. <laughs> Indeed. So what inspired you, though? There's the one deck that you created that I'm really intrigued about, and it's the um, hexagonal oracle. What oh. what inspired that? Well, I, I have made a lot of decks, a lot of Lenormand decks, a lot of um, just decks overall. And I thought, you know, I do this out purely out of love of, you know, card reading. Mm-hmm. And, um, of course art too mm-hmm. and I thought I'd like something that's going to really make me stand out something that's completely mine that hasn't been done before and just sort of see how it goes from here I started with a huge list of cards <laughs> way too many mm-hmm. and I just sort of narrowed them down narrowed them down while I was trying to come up with a theme or something different mm-hmm. and, and uh, I was on a um was the game crafter and you can mm-hmm. just make whatever crazy they've got all sorts of shapes mm-hmm. and it sort of got in my head and, and I thought hmm maybe a, a six-sided uh, deck and I thought well okay what could I do with it how could I read it how could I create it mm-hmm. and so I just sat down and you know cut some out and kind of played around with it for a while until I I hit on something that I thought would work for everybody. I mean, that deck is supposed to be something that you can just sit down and read it intuitively. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, um, it always starts out with the, the querent in the middle. And the, the, that card has uh, words around the edge to which each position would be. And then you just lay them around like a week. And um, if you need to add more cards, you know, lay out more cards for clarification. Mm-hmm. Um, it works. I mean, I've... I've I've tested it out <laughs> at the tarot group and um, with other friends, and uh, it, it works. So, it's really fascinating to me because, again, I, it's it's one of the few oracles that I've seen that are done in this, this fashion. And I really love the fact that, you know, there's the caution and the attention and the unknown and the hidden. Um, and then your actions. And you have all these things that you can take into account as you as you are reading going through this reading so I, I just wanted to touch on that because I just think it is it is very fascinating um, what I you love, created this what I love just listening to this is the pro- the fact that you actually test your decks to make sure that they're truly usable because I find that there are two types of decks out there there's and I'm not talking like Oracle versus Lenormand versus Tarot I'm talking usable versus art where mm-hmm. And this happens even with the tarot world where there are decks out there that are beautiful art, but they're not usable. And I think it's important when you're developing, especially when you're developing your own oracle systems, to test the cards. So I love the fact that you actually develop these wonderful decks. You take them to your groups and you say, guys, play with this. Tell me what you think. Tell me what works. Tell me what doesn't. Tell me your thoughts. And then you incorporate it back into the development process. I, I think that's really important. Because, um, like you said, there are a lot of really beautiful decks, and I, I have several, <laughs> but you, you can't really read with them. They, I mean, you might they they for me end up being more of a daily draw, like one card that mm-hmm. you can't 
lay them out and have them really make a lot of sense. True. And they're lovely, but <laughs> if you're looking for a little more complicated answer, uh, they just don't really work. So mm-hmm. and it's fun to you know, ask your friends and see how they how they play with them, the questions that they ask. Um, it's very helpful. So I'm grateful for that little group. They're wonderful people. So then I would ask you, what's been your most challenging card to create with all of the things that you have created? Challenging card. Uh, well, you know, there are the scary tarot cards, of course. Uh, the mm-hmm. tower, <laughs> the devil. <laughs> uh, I had to make friends with those cards a little bit before I, I put them in a deck. Mm-hmm. Like I said, I'm from Utah. No offense to anybody out there from Utah, but, you know, uh, tarot's not big there. Mm-hmm. At least it wasn't. And um, they, so you have these preconceived things in your head mm-hmm. about uh, the meanings of certain things, certain cards, and, and uh, had to push through that a little bit. How is it that you, you, you uh, overcome the Carter cards? Well, I just had to take a couple of decks and take the scary cards out and lay them out on the table. And realize that uh, a lot of the things that we're afraid of are either internal or they're part of the shoulds. A friend of mine used to say that, you know, you have too many shoulds. It should be this way. You know, you drag around. So I really realized that um, the tower wasn't, you didn't have to be the person falling out, you know. You could observe it. I mean, it's not really showing you the view from this person falling out of the tower, you know. It's just change. And, right. you know, I have change issues. Clearly anyone that knows me knows that. But... You know, I just realized it's about change. Uh, and the devil card is scary when you think about it as the devil, you know, the kind of Christian view of that. But when you really look at it as things that are just not good for you, I mean, things that we allow ourselves to do or that we allow others to do to us, you know, you just have to kind of come to terms with it, make some boundaries and get past it. But I think that just continuing to deal with those cards and become more familiar with them, you're not as afraid of than I was. <laughs> At one point, a friend of mine's like, hey, take those scary cards out. I'm like, no, you really can't. You're part of the message. You know, you really have to have them in there. So, You do need the dark with the light. Sorry, folks. Yeah. <laughs> it can't all be love and light as much as we want it to be. We also need to look at our shadow sides, whether yes. we like them or not. Yep. Yes. Well, as a creator, we have to have that darkness. We have to have that resistance. I know I'm going mm-hmm. through some resistance in my creative processes right now, and that's where we f- get the breakthroughs is when mm-hmm. we meet it and we go, yes, I'm scared, but I got to do this. This is something I have to do. So right. conversely, let's go a little bit lighter. What was your favorite card or favorite deck to create? Um, my favorite card, I like the star card. Um, it's beautiful. It's hopeful. Um, I also sort of see the star card as, you know, um, finding that point in the sky that you're, whatever it is that you want, and keep focused on it. Mm-hmm. I mean, sure, in the star cards, it's always a little dark, and there's a little unknown, and there's water, and, you know, but it's beautiful, and you, you find your way through, as long as you kind of keep your eye on the prize, which is the star, so. So then I will add to that, what is your favorite Lenormand card that you made? Oh, um... <laughs> because you went tarot, now I'm going to go Lenormand, because I know you have a ton of those. Yes. Uh, I like the star card in Lenormand, too. Um, mm-hmm. I like the first card. That's one that I added, just for the reason I said before. You know, mm-hmm. there's, there's no question about the state of love. 
mm-hmm. comes up next to you, then lucky you. <laughs> Indeed. So I, I like the heart card. I mean, it's very simple and plain, but it's not the lovers for me. Okay. Well, because I was going to say, I, I know that, that one time or another, there were a couple of the child cards that you really liked as well that you'd shared with me. Yes. And I like the moon cards. And mm-hmm. uh, I incorporated my daughter into one of my decks. <laughs> That's a child card. Yes, I thought so. <laughs> well, it was it was a lot of fun. And she was just delighted to, to be um, added to that deck. So. Mm, That's indeed. Awesome. So... What's coming next? What decks can we expect from you next? More Lenormand, another tarot, more oracles, new oracles that you've developed. What, um, is it, what do you got brewing in that mind of yours? <laughs> Actually, I probably have four or five in process. Awesome. Um, can you give us a sneak peek? Sure. I have another one. Um, this is going to take a while because this is a hand-drawn thing. But another one of the uh, six-sided uh-huh. decks. Um I have another hand-drawn one that's in process uh, through Lane Mond. Mm-hmm. And I have another square oracle deck, which is, it's uh, it's going to be good. I mean, it's a sort of a collage deck. I really like it. I just, sometimes I get going on stuff and I just keep adding, adding, adding. And I'm like, okay, stop. I don't need, you know, 200 cards in this deck. I've got to Are you sure? It. Yeah. <laughs> just pick the ones I really want. So... I like Save the, the rest idea. for another deck. I was going to say, I like the idea of modular decks. You know, like, let's start, you know, releasing expansion packs. I know a friend of mine does um, an epiph- her name's Michelle, and she does uh, the deck called the Epiphanies Tarot, and she adds, you know, extra decks or extra cards occasionally. And so go for it. If you've got 200 cards, you can always, you know, start releasing <laughs> expansion packs for us to let us customize our own decks. Oh, that's Love a good that idea. idea. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. That, although well, I am curious, I wonder how a 200 card deck would shuffle under my hand. I'm, I'm, I'm imagining 72 card or 500 card pickup, but you know. Oh goodness! <laughs> if you want some practice, I have a 101 card you, deck you can borrow. Dude. So um, with the bigger decks like that, I start with a small. I, I divide it into like six decks or six piles. Then mm-hmm. I shuffle two, and then I add one. Shuffle that in. <laughs> I That's just a can't. Good idea. I mean. I don't have tiny hands, but I can't hold all those cards, so. No, I get that. Cynthia, since this has been really lovely being able to chat and figure out your process and hearing more about your stuff, where can uh, people find you uh, online and where can they find your art as well as your decks? Oh, um, well, my decks are uh, Mm Mm-hmm. My art is, if you go to artwanted.com, backslash gone digital g-o-n-e-d-i-g-i-t-a-l and uh that's you can find a lot of my art there mm-hmm. i'm on facebook mm-hmm. um, you're very prolific on facebook as well i know you run at least two different groups plus you participate in many more so what are the two your two main groups that you have that are public um, i have the cartomancy club and that covers everything, tarot, Lanermond, Oracle decks, all sorts of other crazy stuff that gets thrown in there. And mm-hmm. uh, I have uh, the uh, Black Cat Ultra deck. That's something different. Mm-hmm. Um, and any of my decks on Etsy, you can probably find uh, like just a sales page that shows you a few more of the cards. 
Fantastic. Wonderful. Well, thank you for for taking this af- this you know some time to chat with us about all the awesome things you're creating and getting us excited about new and different ways to look at look at tarot as well as Lettermond and trying a new one or two. Uh, Nexium Aura column. Did I say that correctly? Nexi- Nexium. I'm gonna let you say it. <laughs> Nexus Oraculum. Nexus Oraculum. It's fascinating. Just trust me. I may not be able to say it right, but damn, it's really cool. So thank you so much. Yes, thank you. Thank you. I'm really honored to be here. Thank you for having me. Well, thank you for coming. We enjoyed talking to you. Thank you for listening to Tarot Visions, a podcast for the modern oracle. To keep the conversation going, please find us on Facebook at Tarot Visions US. Or follow us on Twitter at tarot underscore visions.